continuing the series on gifts in the church and uh, in this particular series we're looking at the category of gifts called spiritual gifts. We've identified previously in uh, the series so far that there are in fact three different categories of uh, gifts given to the body of Christ. Uh, the first category, well not in any kind of order, but first category we looked at is uh, the category of uh, gifts called ministry gifts. And those are gifts that are given to um, individuals to um, perform the ministry of the gospel, basically. They're called as stewards of the mysteries of the gospel. And their primary function, we said, is to preach and teach the word of God. And there are the five main ministry gifts, which are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And we went through those uh, giftings in detail in the previous series. series. And then we looked at the second category, which is the, are the functional gifts. And these gifts are given to each member of the body of Christ so that they can function in the body of Christ. Um, and we, uh, we've dealt with the fact that each individual member is given their gift by God um, before they're born so that they can function in uh, that particular area within the body of Christ. And uh, it, we said that it basically equates to the natural talent of that individual because um, that talent is in fact the gift given to them by God um, ultimately to be used uh, to bless the body of Christ. And so we said it's very important for all believers to find out as quickly as possible when they come into the kingdom of God um, what their function is because if you're an ear you want to uh, be used of the Lord to function as an ear in the body of Christ. You don't want to try and go around being a foot because you're going to be uh, pretty much out of place in the body of Christ and you're just not going to slot in and you're never going to feel comfortable on the inside of you because you're not doing that which the Lord has called you to fulfill. So those are the functional gifts. And then we uh, opened up with uh, this series, as I said, we're dealing with uh, a grouping of gifts called spiritual gifts. And those gifts are listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The scripture says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And we said that this, these nine gifts of the Spirit are in fact uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So He manifests Himself uh, through the individual. In verse 7 it says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. And so that's what the spiritual gifts are. They are the Holy Spirit making himself manifest through the individual in these supernatural ways. And we said that um, there are in fact really seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and if you look at the Old Covenant, you will see that all seven gifts of the Holy Spirit were made manifest under the Old Covenant. The only two that were not made manifest under the Old Covenant were the gift of um, different kind of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Because those two particular gifts are, they pertain to the church age, um, this current age that we live in now. Those gifts were not available to the Old Testament saints. 
But all of the um, other seven gifts were available to the Old Testament saints. You can go back and you can look at ministries of Elijah and Elisha and, and Moses um, as prophets of the Lord. And you will see all of the all seven gifts being made manifest through their ministries. Um, and so we kind of tied it down. We said that there actually are only seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now we know that in this current age that we live in, the dispensation of the church age, there are nine listed for us. We've just gone through those nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. But we said three of those gifts do exactly the same thing. And that is the gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse kind of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. All three of those giftings speak forth the word of the Lord by divine utterance. And that's um, exactly the same gift. It's just manifested in three different ways. And so we said, in fact, there are um, seven gifts, although they're the, the nine, but nevertheless, because three of them are pretty much are all the same type of gift, uh, we said we can equate it to seven. Because we said that this is the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are ways that the Holy Spirit manifests himself to his church and to the world, obviously, as, as the individual is led of the Lord. Um, and then we saw in the book of Revelation that there, in fact, are seven spirits of God. Um, in Revelation 4, 5, the scripture says, And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And uh, we also saw in Revelation chapter 5, our Lord Jesus has seven eyes when he appears before the throne in the form of a lamb. And the scripture says that the seven eyes are the seven spirits of God which are sent out into all the earth. And so there are seven spirits of God, one Holy Spirit, but he, uh, he has these seven different ways, facets to his, his, uh, the way that he manifests himself um, through the church. And those are through the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, we basically tied it up along that line. Today we want to look at um, the, the question of just who can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Because we've understood up to now that these nine gifts, we'll stay with nine, but uh, ultimately it works out to seven. But these nine gifts of the Spirit um, are in fact a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and he manifests himself through the individual and we said that the, the individual doesn't have the gift themselves they don't have the inherent power themselves it is the power of the holy spirit being displayed through the individual we are just vessels that are used by the holy spirit as he wills when he wants to make his gifts manifest through us so the question we want to ask now is uh, who can actually operate who qualifies in the body of christ to operate in the gifts of the holy spirit and the scripture we'll open up with is in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. Um, the scripture says, And being assembled together with them, he, talking about Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
and to the end of the earth. And so the, the gateway into being able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to first be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so, because our Lord, in the, in the previous teaching, we saw that the, the, um, the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit are, in fact, a taste of the powers of the age to come. And uh, we can only partake of the a ta- tasting of those powers of the age to come if we have partaken of the Holy Spirit himself. Now, the Holy Spirit is imparted to each individual saint when they are born again. Or we're baptized into Christ by the Spirit of, uh, of God. The Holy Spirit baptize, baptizes us into Christ. And He d- takes up residence in our spirits. And so every born-again believer has the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them in a measure, not in the fullness thereof. Because there is a subsequent uh, encounter to being born again to then that takes place in the life of a believer and that is being filled with the spirit in this passage of scripture that we just read now um, all of the disciples were born again because they had all been born again on the day that our Lord Jesus was raised from the dead because he appeared to them all and so they all believed in him and they all uh, confessed him as Lord and you recall the account if you go read it I think it was in John's uh, uh, gospel where our Lord breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit And so every single one of the disciples had already been born again and had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them. But not one of them had yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, or as our Lord called it, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, And so he said, you guys are not to go out and and, uh, proclaim uh, the gospel just yet. He says, you're to um, wait in Jerusalem until... The, the promise that I have received from the Father is poured out, talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so we said that um, to walk in the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit is to w- taste of the powers of the age to come. Now the disciples had not yet tasted of the powers of the age to come because they would only receive power once the Holy Spirit had come upon them. So they all had the Holy Spirit already residing in them. Our Lord breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. But our Lord still said to them, there's a subsequent uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. He called it a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, on that occasion, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And only then would they then be eligible to begin to operate in the powers of the age to come, which are in fact the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so that actually transpired on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 1 through to 4. The scripture says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so here the passage of Scripture says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Our Lord referred to it as being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's different terms given to this same 
uh, event that takes place in the life of the believer. But it is a subsequent event to the event of salvation. And um, they, the, the evidence that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit is that they began to speak out with other tongues. Now remember we said um, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all supernatural. There's nothing natural about the gifts of the Holy Spirit at all. It is a, a supernatural display of the power of God. And being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit is also evidenced by the supernatural display of the power of God. Now, how is it evidenced? It's evidenced through the individual speaking with other tongues. And so when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about a born-again believer, or is baptized with the Holy Spirit, then what happens is they begin to speak out in an, a language that they don't know, that they've never heard before. So one who's been uh, filled with the Holy Spirit will begin to speak with other tongues. It's a supernatural utterance that is given to the person. It's not, uh, it, there's nothing natural about it at all. Uh, the person speaks out in a language they do not understand with their understanding. Um, and that is the Holy Spirit who gives them the utterance. And so for an individual to be able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, this is the first step that has to be taken in order to be, um, they have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, the, the gift of other tongues is mentioned here is not the gift of diverse kind of tongues or the, um, let me just get the terminology from the New King James Version, because the Old King James Version calls it diverse kind of tongues. Uh, New King James Version calls it different kinds of tongues. And so we're not to be confused between the two giftings. The gift of other tongues is given to each individual uh, saint um, as their prayer language. And so they can pray to God you read the uh, account in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, um, we're able to pray to God uh, according to His perfect will because we have this heavenly language given to us. But that particular gift is given to every single saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit or who is baptized with the Holy Spirit. The different terminologies for the same thing. Um, but the gift of diverse kind of tongues or the gift of different kind of tongues is uh, one of the spiritual gifts, one of the nine spiritual gifts, not to be confused with the gift of other tongues, which is given to each individual member of the body of Christ when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, it, you know, it, it's... Uh, you cannot operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because just as the Holy Spirit is able to impart the supernatural gift of other tongues to a believer who has been filled with the Holy Spirit, so then he is able to impart um, and demonstrate himself through the various giftings that he displays uh, once he has filled that individual. But if the individual is not filled with the Holy Spirit, well then the gifts of the Spirit are not going to be displayed. If the gift of other tongues is not being displayed through the individual, then the, the rest of the gifts of the Spirit will also not be displayed through that individual. Let's have a look at another scripture that, again, just highlights the truth for us that the, the sequence of steps to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is one must first be born again. 
Once we are, an individual is born again, they then uh, have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them, but they have not yet received the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's no supernatural evidence of the Holy Spirit being displayed through them. The next step that takes place in the life of the believer is they are then baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now the evidence that that has happened is that the believer will then speak for supernaturally as the Holy Spirit gives them this utterance, their, uh, this gift of other tongues. Once that has happened, now the, the believer is now eligible to be used of the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he does that as he wills. Um, another, so the scripture we can look at is in Acts chapter 19 beginning at verse 1. The scripture says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. In finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Let's just stop there. Paul is speaking to uh, individuals who he assumes to be disciples of the Lord. Uh, he finds out that they're not. But the question that Paul asks them when he assumes that they are the Lord's disciples, he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believe? So Paul understands that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience to salvation, which is why he asks the question. So, you know, if it was a case that when we get born again, everybody receives the Holy Spirit, talking about the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Paul would never have asked the question because that you know, would have been a stupid question because you know, he, he, he was already assuming that they were born again. And so that's why he says, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? Because Paul understood that there is this subsequent encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so they said, uh, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit, verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. So there was a bit of confusion initially because Paul thought they were disciples of the Lord, but now found out they weren't. In fact, they were disciples of John. And so Paul now uh, explains to them, the scripture in verse 4 says, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, when they heard this, that's talking about the disciples that Paul was speaking to, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, so they were born again, and then Paul baptized them in water. Verse 6, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So here's another um, um, terminology that is used for the same event. Our Lord Jesus called it being baptized with the Holy Spirit. In, on, on the day of Pentecost, it spoke about the saints being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here, the scripture says, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So there's these three different terms for the same event. But the point that I wanted to get across here is the sequence of events that transpired. Because in this particular instance over here, the disciples did more than just speak with tongues. They also prophesied. Now, to prophesy is to operate in the gift of prophecy as one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that we looked at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the sequence of events here is that Paul first got the individuals, those disciples, saved. Then he baptized them in water. Now, it can go either way. There's no 
sequence of events that you have to be baptized in water and then filled with the Spirit. So don't get caught up on that one. But he, get, he got them born again. He baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he laid hands on them. And when he did, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And when that happened, they spoke with tongues. Exactly the same as on the day of Pentecost. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak with other tongues as he gave them utterance. In this case, that's exactly the same sequence of events. Born again, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. And there is only one evidence given to us in Scripture of one being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There's nothing else in Scripture. People say, yeah, I feel the peace of God inside of me, so I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. No, every born-again believer experiences the peace of God inside them, and they have the Holy Spirit uh, residing, they have the Prince of Peace residing on the inside of them. And so it, we, the Bible never teaches us that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we experience the peace of God. Not at all. Uh, every born-again believer is able to experience the peace of God. But not every born-again believer can speak with other tongues. Only those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because don't forget, our Lord said, guys, don't move. They all had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them. He said, don't leave until you receive power from on high. The power was the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the supernatural evidence of speaking with other tongues. But in this instance here, they also prophesied. And so the Holy Spirit came upon these individuals and they began to prophesy. But they first spoke in tongues. And so the sequence of events, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and then able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the gateway to having access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit is definitely uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now you do get individuals in the church who are quite adamant that they can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but they do not speak in tongues. They have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And invariably, those people operate in the gift of giving out words of wisdom and words of knowledge, primarily words of knowledge. Um, now that is um, error, because that's not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit doesn't violate His Word. And so the Holy Spirit would not impart the gift of the Word of knowledge to a saint who has not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so what happens is, is that individual has learned to listen to the wrong spirit. And believe me, there, is, there are familiar spirits out there that will impart uh, words of knowledge to whoever is open to them. And they get used in that. And they get deceived into thinking, well, I'm being used of the Holy Spirit, when in fact they're not, because it's not the Holy Spirit. He won't do that, um, because they haven't yet partaken of His fullness, in that they haven't yet being filled with the Holy Spirit. So you don't ever get to see those individuals operating um, in gifts of healings, for, um, for argument's sake. So they don't, when they lay hands on, on uh, lame people and deaf people and blind people, those people are instantly healed. You don't see that. Invariably, these people are operating in um, giving out words of knowledge. And that's not God. So anyway, so that's uh, the sequence of events, the gateway to operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is one has to be full, 
the first filled with the Holy Spirit with the supernatural evidence of speaking in other tongues. Um, another uh, thing that has to take place in order for the, the saint to be able to begin to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is they have to believe it. You have to operate in the gifts of the Spirit by faith. We receive everything from God by faith, nothing else. Uh, for the just shall live by faith. Scripture we can pick up is in Galatians chapter 3, beginning at verse 2. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia, and he said, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now there Paul is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's when they received the Spirit by faith. For they were born again by faith, and then they received the Spirit by faith. So there's another term given to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we've had the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a term. We've had the being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And we've got this term now, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. We, Paul says, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, by hearing of faith? And so... The saints have to believe in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we receive from God. It's no, there's no magic formula. It's a case of we have to believe it. And when we believe it, we will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on in verse 5. He says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so working miracles among the saints is the gifts of the Holy Spirit being made manifest in their midst. And the Apostle Paul says, how does God do that? He says he does it by the hearing of faith. So again, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit can only happen if the individual operates in those giftings by faith. And so a person who doesn't have the faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues certainly does not have the faith to operate in the gifts of the Spirit at the same time. Because, again, as I said, the Holy Spirit does not uh, contradict His Word. He'll always go in line with the Word of God. The, the Spirit of God and the Word of God are always completely in sync. They're never opposed to each other. And so, we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit by faith. Another scripture we can look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. The scripture says, But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And so one who um, earnestly desires spiritual gifts will receive those spiritual gifts from the Lord. One who's just casually saying, well, you know, Lord, if you've got any gifts for me, I'll, I'll operate in them. Um, if not, you know, it's not a big deal for me. Well, you're not going to get any gifts from the Lord. Um, spiritual gifts, that is. Because the scripture said, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And so one who earnestly desires the spiritual gifts will seek those gifts by faith and will believe God, will impart those gifts to them. And that's um, another criteria, because we're looking at this particular teaching, uh, who qualifies to, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And we said that the first uh, qualification is one must be uh, or who can operate in, in spiritual gifts. We said the first qualification is one must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the second qualification is that we have to seek the gifts of the Spirit by faith. Just as we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith, so we receive the gifts of the Spirit by faith as well. But there's a little bit more to it than that. And the other scripture we can look at is in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12. The scripture says, Even so you, 
Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. And so our motivation is something that the Lord is also going to be um, looking at when we seek in spiritual gifts. Because if our motivation is, Lord, I want to be seen and take, I want people to notice me in the church and I want to become somebody important in the church. And so, you know, can I have uh, these gifts, whatever gifts uh, the person is desiring? Well, the motivation is not right because now that is operating in the flesh. That's not in the spirit. For to operate in the spirit is to desire to receive spiritual gifts so that the church may be edified, not so that the individual may be glorified. And so the motivation has to be with the right heart in order for the Holy Spirit to say, all right, I'll impart this gift to you and I'll, I'll allow you to be operating in that particular gift. Because as I say, if the motivation is, Lord, I want to be seen and noticed in the church, well, then the Holy Spirit is not going to impart his gifts to that individual because it's never a case that the gift is given to the individual so that the individual can be uh, glorified, but rather that the church may be edified. And so that's the whole uh, motivation be behind being used of the uh, Holy Spirit, which is another reason why um, we also need to you, be discerning as to which gifts we require, we request from the Lord. Because Scripture says, "I desire the best gifts." Now, one of the the best gifts for the body of Christ um, of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are in fact the gift of prophecy, or is in fact the gift of prophecy. Um, the gift of diverse kind of tongues and the interpretation of tongues linked together equal prophecy. So those two giftings are also as, um, uh, not important, but as much of a blessing to the body of Christ as the gift of prophecy. So why do I say that? Because the gift of prophecy blesses the whole church, the whole congregation. And that's why it's more important in the church that that particular gift is made manifest to the church because all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit are pretty much isolated to being able to be used one-on-one. -on -one. So one who has gifts of healings, um, we'll get into the specific giftings uh, later in the series of teaching, um, would be anointed, uh, like Philip for argument's sake, Philip was anointed by the Lord with gifts of healings in the area of, of ministering to paralyzed and lame people. And I'm talking about in the church now. I'm not talking about ministering the gifts outside in the world because that also does happen. But within the church itself, there's only so many people who are in the church who are paralyzed and lame. And once the individual has been used of the Lord to heal those individuals, well, then that gift kind of becomes redundant in the church. And so the only way that that gift can then be utilized is to go outside of the church and use it there. But within the church itself, the gift of prophecy is the gift that blesses most of the body of Christ. And so it is really the, the gift of prophecy that is the more um, practical gift to desire from uh, the Lord so that you can be used of the Lord to edify His church. Because that's the, the motivation. Again, let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you exceed to excel. So even uh, though you might have gifts of healings and you can use them outside of the church in order to 
bring people into the church because that's really the purpose of the gifts outside of the church the motivation still has to always be for the edification of the church that's the, the primary reason that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifested in the church let's look at another scripture 1 Corinthians 14 beginning at verse 1 scripture says pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but he who prophesies edifies the church and so the motivation in seeking gifts and again it's the Holy Spirit who imparts the spiritual gifts so he knows what gift is required for that local congregation for the local church and so he's not going to impart a gift to the individual member in the body of Christ in their congregation that they can't use because there's no body that they can minister to so the, the vast majority of the time it is actually the gift of prophecy that will be imparted to individuals within the church because the Holy Spirit recognizes what that gift does to the body of Christ. It edifies the body of Christ. And so that's what he wants to do. You know, just as we're to desire gifts so that the church may be edified, so the Holy Spirit desires to manifest his gifts so that the church may be edified. And so the vast majority of congregations that operate in the gifts of the Spirit experience the gift of prophecy being made manifest in their midst. And obviously the gift of diverse kind of tongues and the interpretation of tongues linked together is the same thing. And so that's the, the most common gift that you see in congregations which operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The reason being is because that gift specifically edifies the whole body, not just one or two individual members in the body of Christ. Um, and it amazes me how some congregations kind of scorn the gift of prophecy and yet the scripture says Dis do not despise prophesying um, because you know, we don't want to hear a, a, a general word of edification we want to see you know, words of knowledge given and we want to see words of wisdom given and the spe more spectacular type of gifts and yet the Holy Spirit is saying but guys that's not going to edify if you give a word of knowledge to Joe Soap in the congregation what about the rest of the people in the congregation who are needing to hear from God? A, word, a prophetic word utterance given blesses everybody in the body of Christ. And so again, there's the motivation coming in again. For an individual to, oh Lord, I really do want to be used in the gift of the word of knowledge, it's really kind of, there's a bit of pride coming in because I want to be able to, people to say, whoa, that person really is used of God. Um, and there's a little bit of pride there. There's not really the right motivation coming through there. So how are spiritual gifts received? What is the, the mechanism that the Lord uses in order to impart spiritual gifts to us? We've seen that we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We see we have to uh, seek the gifts of the Spirit um, by faith. And we've seen that we, our motivation has to be uh, in the right place so that the Holy Spirit can impart to us the gift that He wants to, because it, again, He imparts the gift as He wants. It's not a case of, Lord, I want this gift, give it to me, thank you very much. No, it's what the Holy Spirit says is needed for the church at that time. And so, how are spiritual gifts received? Well, let's look at two passages of Scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Scripture says, But one and the same Spirit 
works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That last passage there, as he wills, is very important for us to remember. That it's the gifts are imparted as the Holy Spirit wills. It's not as we will, it's as he wills. Then Acts chapter 19 verse 6, six the scripture says, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And so here we see how the uh, Holy Spirit imparts gifts to the individual members in the church. Uh, firstly, he does it as he wills. It's his choice as to what gift is imparted. And this is a, quite a good example we saw in uh, uh, when Paul was speaking to those disciples in Ephesus. Because we see how the, the Holy Spirit imparted the gift to the individual. And we see that it was the Holy Spirit who made the decision as to what gift was going to be imparted to the individual. And so we're talking about the gift of prophecy now, because they're not talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit and being able to speak with other tongues, because that is for every saint. But prophecy is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so in this instance over here, the gift of prophecy was imparted to the disciples through the laying on of hands, through Paul's laying on of hands. And so that is one of the mechanisms that the Holy Spirit uses to impart spiritual gifts to the saints, is through the, the method of the laying on of hands. Now, it's not the only way. The Holy Spirit can drop the spiritual gift into the individual spirit directly himself. He's able to do that, just like individuals can be filled with the Holy Spirit without people laying hands on them. So they can also receive a gift of the Holy Spirit without anybody laying hands on them. But this is one of the methods that the Lord uses to impart spiritual gifts to the saints. Now the individual who imparts um, spiritual gifts through this method can only impart a spiritual gift that they already have. So in this case here, Paul, being an apostle at the time, had operated in all nine of the spiritual gifts. We've already seen that when we did the series on the ministry gifts. And so the Holy Spirit could use him to impart the gift of prophecy because Paul already had that gift residing on the inside of him. And so he could be used by the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands to impart the gift of prophecy to those disciples. But just as a, 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 a believer who has not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues cannot lay hands on another believer who also hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit to get them filled with the Holy Spirit. That can't happen because he's got nothing to impart. Only a believer who has been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues can lay hands on another believer who is seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I trust you understand the concept. In exactly the same manner, gifts can only impart, be imparted through the laying on of hands if the individual's got that particular gift already residing on the inside of them. People say, but the Holy Spirit has all the gifts and He resides on the inside. Yeah, but that's not the way it works. Uh, the Holy Spirit, He imparts the gift and then He allows the individual to be able to impart that gift to somebody else. But again, the Holy Spirit made this decision on this case, in this instance, to impart the gift of prophecy to those disciples. When Paul laid hands on those disciples, he fully expected them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues. That's what he was doing. He did not expect the gift of prophecy to be imparted at the same time. The Holy Spirit did, Holy Spirit did that of his own accord. Paul didn't expect that to happen, and the disciples weren't expecting that to happen. The Holy Spirit just did that. And so 
it is again just showing us it's as the Holy Spirit wills that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are imparted to uh, uh, another individual through the ministry of one who has in fact received that particular gift already. Another scripture we can look at um, is in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. The scripture says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And so here we see that um, the apostle Timothy had received a spiritual gift through the laying on of hands of the eldership. Now when the eldership laid hands on Timothy, the scripture is not, uh, Paul doesn't tell us why they laid hands on Timothy, could have been for a number of reasons, but at the time that the elders laid hands on Timothy, one of them began to prophesy. Now when he began to prophesy, the prophetic word given was, Timothy, the Holy Spirit is imparting this spiritual gift to you, and the, the gift was then mentioned. Um, and Timothy received that spiritual gift through the laying on of hands of the elders. Now, at the time that the elder laid hands on Timothy, he didn't know what gift was going to be imparted. He found out at exactly the same time that Timothy found out what gift was being imparted because he spoke it by prophetic utterance. And so the Holy Spirit said, I am imparting this particular gift to you. So Timothy found out what gift he was receiving and the elder found out what gift he was imparting. It was the Holy Spirit who initiated the whole thing. And so, again, it just re-emphasizes to us that it, it, spiritual gifts are imparted as the Spirit wills. And one of the methods that he does that is through the laying on of hands. Now, Paul understood uh, this concept quite clearly that he was used of the Lord to impart spiritual gifts because in writing to the church in Rome, he says in Romans chapter 1 verse 11, he says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. And so, as an apostle, Paul recognized that the Holy Spirit did use him in this manner, that he would go into a congregation and he, the Holy Spirit would use him to lay hands on members of the congregation and impart spiritual gifts to that congregation. But he didn't know which gift it would be, because it was always as the Holy Spirit will. And that's why he says, I, I, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. But he, wouldn't, he didn't know what gift would be imparted. He just knew that God would use him in this manner. And so, it is through the laying on of hands, um, which is the main method that we see in Scripture, where gifts of the Holy Spirit are in fact imparted to individuals. Um, but God also can use um, dropping spiritual gifts into the individual spirits as He wills. That's not a case of it has to be through the laying of hands. But it is always the Holy Spirit who makes the decision as to what gift is imparted to that individual. And that's something that we need to recognize as well. Um, and we're going to close the teaching off on that particular point today. We're not going to go any further on the gifts of the Spirit. In the next uh, teaching, we want to look at how do we begin to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we've dealt enough with uh, who qualifies to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this teaching today. And we end it off on that point. Amen.